0: In the road, cowboy. He did the staring drive on you, didn't he? He got that from me. What's his deal?
1: I got a problem with authority. You just need to chill out.
0: You ready for this? Come on, man. Guns, murderers, and crooked cops. I was made for this, bro.
2: Welcome to They Called This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called This Movie and find us on Twitter and Instagram at TicTampod. That's Pod. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation, and you could find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called This Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchi, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends.
1: Uh, this is a glorious day. It has finally happened. Uh... I, saw can't believe, I can't believe yeah. it took 160 something episodes? 175. And I, 175. And I I was finally able to sneak it in. Um, I'm going to thank our guests for allowing that to happen.
2: Yeah. I think, Dan, you meant Hello Family.
3: Hello no. Family. No, I did If <laughs> we had seen any other movie, sure. It would have fit. Not in this one, though. Uh, that's true. That that's is true. true. This fa- this movie is not
1: about family. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
3: Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Freaking believable. All we hear from Mark, uh, oh god, here it's already started. I apologize, Mark. All we hear from you, Mark, is La Familia. La Familia. It is not uttered once in this goddamn movie.
1: Well, well, that's that, that was before this movie was before Vin Diesel got his uh producer's guild license.
3: So
2: we do hear uh, people say cuz and bro, those uh, are uh, sorts
1: of family members. They, they say breath Breh. Breh, Breh. cause yeah <laughs> and you also see the first versions of uh roman and tej and then they are completely unrecognizable the next time you see them i wonder why
2: because <laughs> everybody hates this movie but before we get into this week's movie we have a guest this week uh, she's the content manager for geek vibes nation and we plug her podcast each and every week and we like to enjoy in- introduce to the show Tia, welcome back to you
0: oh my god thank you guys um Last time I was on, we were reviewing/slamming slash Wonder Woman 1984. So I'm uh, I'm happy to be on and to be given an excuse to finally watch an entry in Fast and the Furious franchise. This is the first time, guys. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I I am sorry about that, even as a Fast and Furious fan. <laughs> and, and,
0: and I have to say that. So I this came out in 2003. I was thirteen when this came out, and I'm looking at the outfits, going, "Yeah, yeah, that was that was part of the course." <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
1: would, would it help you enjoy this movie more, Tia, if I told you it was directed by John Singleton? Would that's a no? <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Would you be offended if I said I I, I don't recognize who that is? <laughs> <laughs> i don't there know there
2: that answers your question mark uh tia why don't you tell us a little bit about top 10 with tia
0: yeah so um top 10 with tia we Brittany is my co-host we have since the beginning of the new year have kind of changed up the um structure a little, little. um instead of doing it on a weekly basis we do it on monthly basis and we kind of changed up how we even are doing it like we're doing on youtube now so you can see our faces if that's uh an upside or a downside you know as the viewers let me know um but yeah i mean it's really enjoyable i think the both of us are having so much fun with this uh new style that we're doing it and now that say it seems like kind of the pandemic is coming to end um i think that we'll have a lot more things to create top 10 list on so yeah i mean you can f- um find it fast podcast is, is a youtube channel that's where we have our top 10s and i am editing currently the newest top 10 which should be out sometime this week i
2: look forward to seeing that uh as we do every week we talk about what we've watched this week tia we're gonna start with you has there any, been anything that you've watched this week that you want to talk about
0: um i've watched two things i I finished the fourth season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm a huge fan of that show, and it took me a little longer than usual to finish it, but I'm glad that I did. And then I also watched on Netflix, there's a four-part documentary series called Worst Roommate Ever. Um, And if you like strange stories like that, say a roommate who invites you to live with them only for them to cash your security check and then bury you in their backyard, then I suggest that.
3: Oh, that, that's a brutal episode, Tia. I've seen that. Oh, you've seen that? that that's the, uh, the old, well, she's not the old that lady. old at the time. Yeah. Oh, that was so disappointing.
0: <laughs> it was so crazy. I was sitting there going, man, you you wouldn't know. You would think this woman is this sweet old lady. She's making you food. She's taking in the downtrodden in life. And it's all so that she could, in fact, just get their money and then kill them. So, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I've had some bad roommates, but not anywhere near that.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no. I, well, if Dan, I don't know if you watched the third and fourth episode, um, but that was pretty brutal too. That roommate.
3: Uh, I I've seen them all. I don't know like the the episode.
0: The guy who was the squatter who would just like go oh. in and then like never leave.
3: Yeah, and oh, those poor women. That was that was rough because there was just nothing that they could do. And this guy was, I think he used to be a lawyer, he said. And he knew like the, he, he knew the squatter's laws better than the actual lawyers, apparently. So this dude would just terrorize women wherever he went. He, Sounds fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he, he would literally just say, come into your house and get his mail delivered there. And he's like, well, I live here now. There's nothing you can do about this. Yeah, like,
3: it makes me like, I wish I would have figured that out when I was younger. But like, not... <laughs> But not be a jerk about it, you know. Like I wouldn't like terrorize anybody. I would just be like, no, well, I'm just gonna stay here and be really nice about it. <laughs> like take out the trash, do the dishes. Yeah, you know, do the like dishes, vacuum, <laughs> right. So like the the pull the, your own weight. <laughs> the, right. The, uh, the 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 roommate would be conflicted. Like, man, he's not paying anything, but the apartment is sparkling clean. <laughs> he goes he he goes to bed at a reasonable time. Doesn't have anyone over. I kind of like this guy.
0: <laughs> no loud music or anything. It's just, exactly. I, may, I may not be able to afford here because he doesn't pay his half of the rent. But besides that, everything else is great.
3: <laughs> hey, Listen, just, you know, real quick. I hope this isn't a bother. I'm not going to pay you. I'm really sorry about that. But hey, you know, you're welcome to take me to court and that'll take a, a year. So good luck. But, you know, don't worry. I'll, I'll clean up and I'll get groceries for us. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, that, that's a perfect idea that if, if only it had went in that direction it would have been right. a completely different story <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right uh dan what about you watch anything recently i did I, i've watched a few things of note i watched desperado with antonio Banderas and Ooh. and salma hayek i think that movie would it's a good movie I mean, I like it. I don't know whether you guys might be mixed on it, but I think that would be a pretty good episode for uh, for this podcast, just because of how outlandish it is and how over the top it is. Sure. Uh, so I saw that, and then I saw the Adams Project with Ryan Reynolds and oh, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, I think Jennifer Gardner is in it, and yeah that's brutal that's what netflix is pumping out man i i don't think you can really justify hiking up your prices if you're giving me that kind of content
2: where where do you where do you stand on the ryan reynolds front i feel like we've talked this about the i feel like we've talked about this before
3: yeah again i mean again he he's basically ryan reynolds in everything he does um and this is no different. And what's worse is there's a younger version of him. Oh, no. And so the kid is trying to be current Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. which is oof, it's brutal, absolutely brutal, because he, the kid makes these weird quips and mugs for the camera while he's mugging for the camera. So mm-hmm. the kid and Ryan Reynolds are trying to out-mug each other, I guess. And oh, wow. It, this, so Sean Levy, I believe, is the director of Adam's project the atom project and he's set to direct deadpool 3 which terrifies me now because (laughs) the writing of this movie was terrible the the action was decent and the dialogue i think that's what scares me the most the dialogue was really bad at one point the kid does a superhero landing and says superhero landing and oh boy yeah luckily it was at the end of the movie I was like, well, I'm already invested in this. I can't turn it off now. But that surprised me about this movie is that uh, I don't know if you guys are going to see this movie or if you care to see it. Uh, Probably no. Okay. So this is like. But we do have we do have listeners that might not want to be spoiled. (laughs) It's it's like it's a light spoil. It's a light. I, I have to say it or else I can't get my joke out, and then I would feel terrible because I I thought about this one for quite a while, and I was like, okay. I need to say this. Uh, there is a part at the very end where Mark Ruffalo, the kid, and Ryan Reynolds are playing catch, and for the life of me, I could have sworn that Mark Ruffalo had no clue how to throw a baseball. Like, there's no way he knows how to throw. He doesn't look like he knows how to do anything physical, and... Surprisingly, he knew how to throw the baseball pretty well. I was, I was surprised. I thought they would just keep cutting back and forth, you know, when it was his turn to throw. Mm-hmm. Like hard cut to Ryan Reynolds catching the ball. But yeah, so congratulations, Mark Ruffalo. You surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have guessed that he wouldn't have been able to throw a baseball either. Right, he doesn't why. look like he can do anything physical. Yeah,
2: I think it's just hit the, the Bruce Banner um, persona that he kind of has created. You know, he like exudes the, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Little nebushy, yeah. Is that it? I wanted to say yeah, really that's quick. All for me. I, f- I wanted to say really quick. I all feel right.
0: like they probably gave like Sean Levy the job because he did Free Guy, and I guess that was such a success for Disney that they're like, let's give him Deadpool. But I'm looking at his filmography, and I mean, really, nothing that looks too exciting to say. This is the guy to direct a Deadpool film. I, I thought Free Guy was
3: really boring. I did uh, not like Free Guy at all.
0: To be fair, I didn't I watch it. it, so
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm um, I'm just I don't know, man. I it was really just all pop culture references. It was it was like Ready Player One. Sure, I haven't
2: seen it. Um, I know he's Canadian though, so it's probably it. That's the reason oh. <laughs> they're both Canadian. So his, his his yeah his filmography is very mid tier. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: Big Fat Liar, The Pink Panther, Night at the Museum. Wait, he date did night did real Fat Liar with Frankie Muniz. The Frankie Muniz. That's like his. That might yeah. be his first. So he's got <laughs> a lot of. He's got a lot of TV and like family did, friendly TV.
0: He did direct a few episodes of Stranger Things, but yeah, I mean that's three about episodes
2: it. of Animorphs in the nineties. There you go. And oh, I I like those move uh, those books. <laughs> the fa- fa- forty seven <laughs> episodes of the famous Jet Jackson. Oh, <laughs> oh God. So just married, cheaper by the dozen. Yeah, this is mid tier comedies that nobody cares about. This is yeah. where I leave you. The internship. Oof. Oh, with uh, Vince Vaughn and yeah, John Wilson. These are yeah. like uh, Sunday afternoon Comedy Central movies.
3: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Not great. It doesn't fill me with confidence. No, no, not at all. So this will be all the right, worst about? Deadpool by far.
2: <laughs> Already right, predicting yeah, Now, now <laughs> that. <laughs> Yeah, now that uh, Disney owns it too, I'm pr- you know that's not, not boding well. No. What about you, Mark? Yeah. What'd you watch this week? So
3: Dan, I saw the Batman. Oh, thank God, we could talk about it. Unless Tia
0: hasn't seen it. Um, I haven't, but because oh, I'm waiting. no, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I'm waiting for it to come on HBO Max. But you could talk about. It. I'm fine with
3: spoilers. no. I d- listen. I, no. That would be an, a grave injustice if If we spoiled this movie for you,
1: I, the only thing I'll say, um I did like it a lot. Um, um, I'll have the unfortunate memory of uh randomly uh, throwing up in a the movie theater immediately after the movie <laughs> no. for reasons I don't know. I didn't think that you were going to divulge that information.
2: yeah, I am so kind of
1: glad you did <laughs> <laughs> i I'm, I'm an open book on this podcast.
2: <laughs> Is that all you watched this week, Mark? Yes, okay, so this week, I went to the theaters and I saw X. From A twenty four, yeah, X was good though. I liked it. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird as hell. Um, but it it feels very Texas Chainsaw Massacre, y. But also better than the Netflix version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the cast is really good. Uh, it's it's a slow burn movie, sort of like Ty West's other movies, like it's... House of the Devil and other other movies like
1: that. Does it feel like uh this is Brittany snow needing to just shed a little bit of the pitch perfect stuff ah
2: she sheds a little more than the pitch perfect stuff if you know <laughs> what I mean <laughs> hey hey yo yes um but she's good in it uh they're all really good the the cast is really good um but it, it gets it goes into some weird places and I appreciate it for that and it's it's pretty funny it's a pretty funny movie a very dark darkly comic but i enjoyed myself with it uh other than that uh i did some rewatches i watched the uh, aforementioned dark knight rises just because i haven't watched that in a while it's not one i usually go back to it's fine i still like i people make fun of the voice but i do like tom hardy's bane in it
0: um i'm gonna agree i think with he's you, just man. got such
2: a screen presence I, he's got such a screen presence that it kind of you know i, I can overlook
3: the admittedly silly voice you know what i think the problem is i I think the the big issue with bane is that he follows a oscar winning performance in heath ledger right yeah sure so that's such a tough act to follow yeah go ahead tia you were gonna say something
0: oh no i was just gonna say i mean i really liked the dark knight rises when it first came out i thought like the general consensus was that it was good but I wasn't active on Twitter when it came out, and I don't even think like people were active on social media like in that sense at that point. Yeah. So when I became like fully engulfed in the geekdom a few years ago, and I'm like kind of looking at the discourse and people's just it, and I was like, wait, people hated this? I thought this like I thought we all were in agreement that it was good, like you know, albeit the silly voice. But besides that, you know, the acting, the story, the the emotion you know alfred crying and it's like oh no, people hated the dark knight rises I don't, know, I don't know i re-watched it during the beginning of the lockdown and i was like still a solid movie
2: yeah i think there's it's obvious it's flawed there are some silly things that the pacing is kind of all over the place but i enjoyed myself watching it again it's probably maybe the third time i've ever seen it but- i have you know i don't really re-watch these movies that often i re that and I also watched, for the first time, I watched The Tragedy of Macbeth, the Joel Cohen-directed uh, adaptation of Macbeth, starring mm. Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Really good. Uh, pretty pretty straightforward adaptation, but very stylized. Very, lots of black and black and whites. Very interesting uh, cinematography. But you know, standard kind of, you know, you got Denzel as Macbeth. That's who, you really can't go wrong with that. Um, and that made me want to watch um and get my kind of film snob hat on for the first time in a while and watch the seventh seal because it's very similar in cinematography so i watched that for the first time in like 10 years which i always love that movie that ingmar bergman he knows what he's doing that's about it that's all i watched this week except for it's been watching the simpsons a little bit but that's about it so yep, i think that's it so we're gonna take a quick break and you guys enlist some ads so we can pay those bills and we'll be back in a second and welcome back. And now it's time to get in this week's movie. But before we do, I just wanted to mention over on Twitter. If you go onto our Twitter at Tick we currently have a poll going for our March movie of the month, and we got a real slobber knocker going on here. Uh, as of right now, we are at a dead heat between Major League Three and Mister Three Thousand. Damn so it! I think there's less <laughs> than a few hours Damn left. It. Less than a day left if you're listening to this on Thursday. So go over to Tick Tam Pod and vote if you haven't yet. Um, and this is unfortunately for Mark, this is a uh, winner retire match for Summer Catch. He's currently currently on, where, trailing.
1: Where are my Freddie Prince Jr. fans out there? Come on, uh, PJ. I mean,
2: she, she's probably at home with him right now. <laughs> Michelle <laughs> Geller, That's the true. only other Freddie Prince fan, <laughs> but. Uh this week was Mark's pick. So Mark, why don't you tell us which movie you made us watch?
1: Yeah, so um I will first off say that I had snuck this onto the list as a joke. Um, not really thinking Ant would ever allow this day to occur. Um, so I had put on, after years of mentioning uh my love for Fast and Furious movies, I put what I consider the worst um fast and furious movie on the list, which is uh Too Fast. Too Furious from 2003, I believe. Um, it is everything. The funny part is it's everything that the series is not in the other eight movies. And that is the funny part about this. And what I thought would be um, a great thing for this podcast is because this is the one that has the most to rip apart in um, just because it was a very stereotypical um, Universal sequel in which they just threw characters from a previous movie into a different situation that had nothing to do with the previous movie, uh, and it was just like ah, sequel, give us money. Um, that the you know because the story goes that they wrote two different scripts, um, one involving Vin Diesel and one not involving Vin Diesel. And um, so this was the one that got chosen, which obviously did not have Vin Diesel in it. Um, but I will give this movie credit. It did introduce us to who probably become my favorite comedy duo in the rest of the series, um, which you wouldn't know from this movie, um, in Roman Pierce and Taj. Um, so, you know, Tyrese and then Ludacris in here. They play a lot They play it a lot more straight and tough guy-ish in this movie, um, but they do become, like, the comic relief as the series goes along. So that might be the one good thing to come out of this. and. um yeah, I am sorry that if this was your first, and fast, first fast and Furious experience, um, that it was this movie, because um, outside of the fourth one, uh, this one probably has the least DNA of the series.
2: Okay. Now, Mark, I have a question
1: for you, because yes. I
2: just have to know, yes. what attracts you to these movies? Because you don't come off as a car guy. Maybe I'm wrong, but we've known no. each other for okay. almost 20 years. Um and you've never mentioned cars to me ever. Like they don't exist in our world. Um, so I'm fascinated by your love for this series. And I know they get so much different than this movie and the and the first one. But this yeah. is in its in its DNA. There is a love and an appreciation for the automotive. Um, so I'm curious what 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 movie did you watch first, and what did was that the first one to click? what clicked no. for you that made this movie so, arguably yeah. your favorite franchise ever
1: yeah, um yeah, it's definitely in the top three because you know there's an obvious one from where I grew up that would be in that conversation too but um no i to be honest, I think the the love part of the series came with uh, fast five, um even though I did theoretically watch them in order um of release. Um I really loved the first movie. I watched it. I had it on DVD and I would watch it a bunch. Um I saw this movie a few times and for obvious reasons didn't really want to keep going back to it. Um and I, I think the whole thing was um I I don't know where to put my finger because I'm not a car guy like you say. But I do like the idea of street racing culture um because it just I guess when I was a teenager and growing up, it just seemed like, oh man, that seems cool. I have no idea what they're talking about, but that seems cool. Um, and you know, so and then I love I like thrillers. Um, you know, because as you guys have learned, podcasting with me, there are random action thrillers that you're like, like you watch those movies, like watching a whole bunch of uh, John Claude Van Damme movies that you probably had no idea I've seen a bunch of times. Um, but just anything that has any kind of you know. Um, thriller-esque yeah. stuff You know, any kind of competition Or, you know, I can I can really uh, get into it And I think specifically uh, For the first movie Teenage me really liked Judana Brewster um, So I wouldn't mind watching It's one of the reasons I didn't mind watching that movie a lot um, And also for some reason Paul Walker Is a guy that draws me into Whatever he's doing you know, rest in peace. Um, but, you know, I'm, he was... I'm
2: fascinated for- by you saying this
1: after watching he, this movie. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't know why. He's... I it, I mean, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time in Varsity Blues, um, uh, which I've watched way more than I would care to admit. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a s- stupid thing. I don't know. Um, but I think my current love of the franchise really comes from seeing Fast Five and then just wanting, loving the insanity so much that I just wanted to see how much further they could take it. And sure. they have exceeded expectations almost every time. The eighth one not standing that one wasn't too great. Um, probably because they had to redo stuff because uh, of Paul Walker passing um, and try and figure out, you know, a story without Brian. Um, but... Yeah, that's essentially it. It, it, I just have fun watching these movies. Um, And I couldn't uh, pinpoint a specific thing. Maybe I thought I was going to get into Cars when this first came out and then never really did. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, this movie um, I have not watched as much. And, um, you know, uh, it's I I know why now, going back to it for the second time this year. because I watched it when I got the Ultra HD 4K Blu-ray set um, that came out. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm as as confused as you are, but for some reason I just get childlike excitement anytime I hear that a new one's coming out and what the plot might be.
2: Okay. Tia, what about you? Where are you coming from with this movie and the Fast and Furious series as a whole?
0: I mean, this is the first Fast and Furious movie that I've ever watched watched um i know i knew that people
2: okay before you go on to, uh, just uh, before you interrupt dan have you ever seen a fast and the furious
3: i've seen the first fast and furious movie and hobbs and shaw and that's it okay because
2: I haven't seen... This is the first time I've ever watched a Fast and the Furious movie. Because I wanted to see if we were all three of us. <laughs> this is the first. So go ahead. Sorry, no, sorry.
0: no, it's okay. Um, I mean, I knew people really love the franchise. That's why they're literally 20 of them. And they're going to keep going. And apparently they're going to go to space at some point. Um, so, you know, I guess very exciting. Um, and I knew that, obviously, the death of Paul Walker was very tragic. I literally was in a bar when they announced it um and people were wondering what was going to happen to the franchise and i was kind of saying this during the break where i almost forgot that this wasn't like vin diesel's franchise originally like it was very much paul walker and i think there was an uncertainty when he passed away what was going to happen with the franchise so i mean you know it's about cars and yada yada but everyone i know at least who say was a fan of the series has all told me and i believe Jawan himself has told me that it's not even about cars anymore Uh (laughs) and it's just ridiculous and i remember seeing the trailer for hobbs and shaw when idris elba's character had like a literal exoskeleton that gave him powers and i was like all right we're not functioning in reality anymore although now that i've seen too fast too furious i can say that the movie franchise seems like it never operated in reality, because there were some things happening in that movie that defied logic, physics, gravity. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, uh, jumping in,
1: um, that the first one is as close to reality of a street racing heist movie for combination DVD TVs um, you could actually put out there. Um... There's a lot more of the craziness in terms of physics and and car stunts. Um, So not seeing that one first, I could I could see why, um, you know, you would come across the the series has always been this crazy. Um, But, yeah, it's it it is a stark difference between, you know, the first and second movie in terms of um, what they do with the car.
0: Not sure. even just that, and before, like, you pass it off, and but just, mm-hmm. this movie is just so, like, some movies are made, and they could be watched whenever, and it doesn't matter, but this movie was like a time castle for the time. It was so 2003, from, uh, bub- from yes. like, the bubblegum era of clothing and cars, like, with the girls, to literally every two words was bro, bro. Oh, I got you, bro, 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 bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Devin Akoi. Yeah, yeah. In
1: a very yeah. singular time yeah. period. Yeah, she had
2: she had three, four movies. Yeah. Devin Aoki. Yeah. Um Yeah, uh, it's the very, it's very Entourage era.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I was I was gonna say it feels like a very it's it's the MTV
0: version of the first movie would be my explanation. That's a great way to explain sure. it. It it's it reminded me of like every movie like that even wasn't about cars but it's like we all have to come together go team yeah. Woo! <laughs> like dance movies and everything. It just it reminded yeah. me of it.
2: Yeah, this is the era of like you got served mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and that kind of those kinds of roles. Uh, Dan, what about you? Where are you coming from?
3: Okay. So, you know how every journalist feel whenever they talk to a a big-time director they always say hey you know uh mr scorsese what do you think of marvel movies and then martin scorsese just goes and like shits all over whatever Mm -hmm. and the fast and furious fan franchise is right there it's the same thing why does that get a pass it all just goes right on it-
2: the radar doesn't right. it? right it
0: always gets a pass. and i'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you dan but it's like literally there's someone who i follow on twitter who is a really big like uh like uh cinephile right really to like the integrity of movies Martin, and loves the fast and furious franchise like considers it almost like high cinema, and it's like I don't know what you're talking about because it's like if you're gonna <laughs> shit on Marvel for being cookie cutter or a formula or ruining film, like why is no one talking about the fast franchise? Okay,
1: I, I will say I do not <laughs> consider them cinematic masterpieces as much as I love them. That is going a bridge too far. Uh, I just I'll- like to see cargo, boom, oh. and out three, but that's that's the thing, threes.
3: so like. Uh, like, Scorsese and uh, Coppola, they're all saying, like, oh, like, Marvel films are just, uh, uh like, a theme park ride. The Fast and the Furious is exactly that. It is way more of a a theme park ride than anything else. And, yes, listen, I get it. I don't hate it for that, all right? It's just, for some reason, these movies get a pass. And, as Tia said, they operate well out of the realm of possibility. I think there's a line in the Fast 9 where, is it like Tyrese's character is like, are we gods? Are we... Like, we cannot well, die. I
1: I will say, as some probably the only... Obviously the only one here that's seen that movie, um, in theaters. Uh, the <laughs> Three times. <laughs> I had to throw that in there, in theaters. <laughs> um, that whole conversation, Dan, is actually pretty funny and self-aware when you hear the full conversation, Um, you know, without spoiling exactly, but essentially he's like reminiscing about all the movies and basically going like, are we immortal? (laughs) (laughs) Like we should be dead. Like,
2: I love I love Mark's position on this episode where he is on his heels the whole so far the but, entire time. But he hasn't made any
3: like you, you know, he hasn't tried to defend the movie. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's actually if you think about it, he's he's understanding where we're coming from, and I give him credit.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 I just had to defend that one thing because that it the clip does not show, you know, what that whole conversation is about. And it's actually one of my favorite things in film, in general, um, it, when a movie, a, a franchise becomes a little self-aware of itself, um, you know, Rocky has it at points in like Balboa, um, with with some things, um, it, and that happened in the past, but um, yeah, that that conversation is insane, but actually fits the movie, um, but yeah, sorry, you continue. so the the
3: only things I have written in my notes because. I didn't finish watching this movie, but I don't think I really missed anything. Uh, it's it's Essentially, it's apparently the Nas button makes you go into warp speed. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, they, they show whenever they hit the Nas button, essentially everything just becomes a blur behind them. They must be going at Mach 10 when they hit the Nas, <laughs> NAS button. Right? Cause
1: but they're really I, only going like 95. <laughs> right? I think they hit like a
3: 120
1: at <laughs> right? like, yeah, most. The the two things I read. The one is that I don't I think this is the movie that exaggerates that the most, um, to be honest. Um but and the second one is I love the trivia that was in IMDb that was basically like I don't understand why why the actors' faces all have shock um of how fast they're going once they hit the Nas button. <laughs> like <laughs> you're hitting the button to go faster. Why are you like, oh crap, it's going fast.
3: <laughs> so I, I had the, the Nas button makes you go into warp speed. People just yelling in their cars to nobody. I guess just oh, themselves. Yeah. It
0: was like... <laughs> I, I, vid- I, I me realize
3: me. I hate. <laughs> yeah, it's the
0: worst. It's like a video game. A, it, like, there's a scene Like, you know when you're playing a video game and you're playing, like, a racing game and they're like, Yeah, kick it. How you like them apples? Which is an actual line from the movie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is. At, yeah, at one point, it's in the... I think it's when they're drag racing against the um the the two goons the henchmen yeah. and tyrese says i run these streets and he's at least 300 feet behind the guy who he's racing
2: but who's is... fucking hose?
3: <laughs> right he's a, he's getting absolutely just rocked in this race but he's yelling to nobody i run these streets like who are you talking to are you just trying to bump yourself up is that what's going on i have yeah. no idea and the, the only other thing i have written down here is awful cgi effects and that
1: that's oh they're mm, terrible
3: that's pretty much like that sums up the movie really yeah yeah uh so
2: i am in the same camp i have never seen a fast and furious movie before this one and i'm going to assume because i will not watch the others unless mark sneaks another one in uh that this is movie is the blueprint for all of them that came before it and all the ones that came after. I hate everybody in this movie. <laughs> Mark, you mentioned you just gravitate towards Paul Walker. He's an asshole in this he's fucking movie. This
1: movie. Yeah.
2: It, he's not even just bad. His character is awful. I don't know how how they built this as the hero of the series Um, because I don't see it, to be honest. He's not very movie. charismatic
3: um, in this movie.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Looking back, I mean, now R.I.P., but he's driving pretty recklessly in this movie. Yeah, Kind of puts it all together, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, he actually did the (laughs) the sliding scenes like at the end of the races. He did those stunts himself.
2: But just like there's that scene where he's just really just trying to stare down Ava Mendez in this movie and he's just driving, not looking at the road, really after what's happened kind of puts a lot of things into perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. I disliked him so much in this movie. I just, dis- I, that trope of everybody talking in their cars, which I guess it's hard to kind of create. Um, I don't know what, it, how are you going to fill that air? I guess, because it's not like it's 1968 where you just shoot the bullet um, car chase without any dialogue. Now everybody needs yeah. to just have just constant, blaring music or dialogue just ringing in their ears so i get there's a tension span problem that you kind of just have to fill the fill the void with just nonsense but i hated that um yeah i just didn't like it
3: yeah Uh, Yeah,
1: i will i will say um this (laughs) statement is going to be surprising but this paul walker's character in this movie is a downgrade over the uh character in the first movie which was supposed to be an undercover cop, but was so definitely a cop throughout He's that so
2: entire movie. He's so definitely still a cop in this movie. Yeah. no <laughs> one, no one has a problem with talking about being undercover wherever they are. They have an open conversation in the club where the drug dealer is supposed to be about their time as cops. <laughs> him and Ava Mendez, like, what are you guys doing? It, like, there's no, there's no secrecy. It's like, oh, yeah, like she just like, I'm going to his boat to tell him about, you know,
0: just, you yeah. know, just fire off a text, bitch. It's two, it was 2003 and there was no texting. And if there was, you had to pay for
2: it. <laughs> it was like a dollar ninety nine. You had to pay a yeah, premium.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Ryan is the worst undercover cop in the history of cinema. And yeah, I, I love him
0: for it also like the transition i don't know if you guys remember the one scene where um i don't know there's like a cop randomly and Ryan's like roman don't like in the worst acting possible and roman just like gets his gun out and starts shooting and like the next scene is rome like man i'm really hungry do you guys have food and it's like
1: (laughs) and no one
0: mentions like hey that was bad you know, kind of supposed to be laying low and playing it cool, and you just like shot some like you know you shot at a cop a bunch of times like no consequences. Yeah,
1: well, they they try to play that off with Ryan saying um, if Roman wanted you dead, you'd be dead, right? You know, although he sh- uh, I you can't tell me he didn't shoot the kill
2: on that. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm just not into car culture. Yeah, it's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, like these car they. They, they pull out these cars and like oh these cars are hot man and I'm like these cars look ugly as fuck
0: like I was watching this and I'm like, what can I compare this to And it's like, oh wasn't this the like pit my ride error where it's like you had to have the yeah. flashiest looking cars that made no sense whatsoever yep
3: yeah that that's very similar One of the big issues I had with this movie is I just kept expecting Vin Diesel to show up. Yes. And, he, he, and he just never shows up. So I'm thinking like, okay, so they're doing and I also don't know what the plot is to save my life for this movie. No clue what they were trying to do. But how much how much did you watch? Ben? I I watched I think I have fifteen minutes left. Okay. I don't know what they were trying who were they what were they doing? Were they trying to get a, a drug dealer?
1: They were trying to get Verone who's the who's like the drug kingpin in Miami. Okay. Um but they could never two and two to get like they could never put him and the money together and this this thing was supposed to be able to allow us customs for some reason
2: yeah james um, remar's team is the is us customs
1: they're going to use this to be able to catch them and they seem like the most incompetent cops right. on the planet. Just, why
3: did they need uh why did they need paul walker and tyrese for this well yeah
1: well the whole point was if the first movie bilkins is in the first movie and you know, it's shown to be like he's the cop that gets it, like knows how to uh, catch these criminals. OK, so that the, the funny that that's the funny part is that when he comes in, you know, to do all this and then you just see how incompetent the the customs agents are. And they're like, why wasn't the FBI in on this sooner? I feel like
2: they're all in. Yeah, yeah. Ava Mendez is is is. Stuck fucking this guy for eleven yeah, yeah. months. <laughs> yeah. Like, when are you guys gonna make a
3: move on him? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Suck this guy's dick every day. I, the, I thought that was the point of the movie. Was like, how is how is Paul Walker gonna bang Eva Mendez? <laughs> and he doesn't really even get that close. <laughs> I think she no. kisses him on the boat, and then that's yeah. kind of it.
0: I thought it was gonna happen when they we were staring at each other. When he clearly wasn't looking at the road, going like a hundred. Miles per hour. Like, I thought it was just going to be one of those things where, like, they pulled off to the side and it's like, you know what, Roman, you can go ahead. We'll catch up. It's like, because it's such an early 2000s movies where it's like, oh, fast cars and like hot babes. Like, because you, you knew <laughs> they had to put in that scene of her in a bikini. There was no reason for her to just be in a scene in a bikini, just laying there. And it's like, no, no, no. we had oh, yeah. to put that in. We had to put that in.
3: This is.
2: Male gaze, the most
3: motion picture. Oh, well, I, that was
0: like around
3: the same time as. i When did yes. when did um Swordfish come out? That was probably two thousand one, two thousand two, right? It's right around the same time. Right, yeah. like they have that just gratuitous shot of Halle Berry naked. So th- that was a, a a different time, I guess, where you just like here, here's eye candy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Ava Mendes,
2: like, Ryan Gosling has uh, deprived us all of <laughs> Ava Mendes for the past d- I don't, decade. I didn't even realize. She's gorgeous. She hasn't been in a movie since. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she... But she hasn't been in a movie since, like, really The Place Beyond the Pines. That's 2012. She does, like, a cameo in a movie he directed in 2014. Are
3: you saying Ryan it... Gosling
2: keeps her, like, locked away? Katie Holmes. He's her? pulling the Kevin Klein Phoebe Cates thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so basically, uh that she's just sort of semi-retired just to uh raise their kid or kids. I think at least well,
1: they have one kid.
3: Right? One.
2: Well, very- yeah, she hasn't yeah. done a
1: movie since. Yeah, the Kevin Kline, Phoebe Cates, good comparison. Yeah. Well, hopefully, it's
3: like it a mutual thing. Like, I'm not, I don't want to do this oh, yeah. anymore. I'll just stay home and you do your thing. If she, if yeah. she, if she's happier raising their child,
2: and I'm sure that kid, she has two children with Ryan Gosling, and I'm sure those kids are going to be ridiculously good looking. So why wouldn't you want to spend more time with kids that you that are not ugly? Um, yeah, I mean the more more power to her. So if she's happy, great. But you know Ryan Gosling deprived us of more Eva Mendes. Shame on him. <laughs> yeah, shame on him. Yeah, shame yeah. on you, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I'm glad you never were Batman.
3: I, and I again I I was so I just I was watching this movie and when was uh, James Remar is putting the team together. He gets Paul Walker, and then Paul Walker goes there's only one person I can trust to do this type of job. Oh, it's going to be Vin
2: Diesel. It feels like it's going to be Vin Diesel. Yeah.
3: Right. It does. And yeah, it's not Vin Diesel. Like, okay, so he, he'll he probably come in when, you know, he and Tyrese need backup. Or like, you got to call the family in. And I just, I was waiting for Vin Diesel. And I was waiting for someone to say family.
1: It, it was, it's, the, the fun I'm having over here is that you have the history of the six movies after this. Um, to put on to this movie when all this was was a cash grab by oh, Universal. All I know about I this stuff
3: is from you, I, I know nothing yeah. outside of what you tell me, Mark. Yeah, this is yeah, your fault, Mark.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, that's why this movie is at the bottom of the list. That's okay, um, but
3: th- like essentially, I'm holding this movie down because of how you've built everything else up.
1: Yeah, because the rest <laughs> of the movies are great.
3: Well, except for <laughs> wait the well then great. you wait, so Oops. you say everything's great, except for these two movies
1: so well the fourth the fourth one was um Vin Diesel trying to um what's the word I'm looking for um resurrect the series and his vision, okay, um, so it's kind of slow, despite having probably the best villain um in any of the movies, um it's kind of more about reintroducing the characters the way Vin Diesel wants them to be, um which is why. Um, if I told you that Ludacris' character in this movie comes back and he's a nerd,
3: oh, I heard about that. Like someone, yeah. someone mentioned how when they, the more the movies go on, the characters pick up these other traits that make no sense to the character, and it's not yeah. question.
1: His character comes, yeah, his character comes back and is a complete nerd. Um, compared to like running Miami street racing that he's supposed to be doing in this movie, sure. um. And then Roman's character comes back as like a moron, um, but probably one of the just to be the comic relief um of the movie. But yeah, that like two two is such a um where they were just trying to cash in. Um, you know, they offered Vin Diesel twenty five million, but he didn't like the script, and then he went and did Triple X, um, which is eh, which one would have been better for him, who knows. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, basically they do Tokyo Drift, which has no like nobody in it for most of the movie, except um, Dom does show up at the end. So that makes the second one the only movie without Dom in it. Um, and then he gets his, PG, you know, his producers killed license, and for Fast and Furious comes out the fourth one, and then it's a whole different series after that in in, in Vin Diesel's vision, if I guess is the way to say it. So right. it's it's kind of funny that. You know, you watch the one that is probably the most out of sync with the rest of them, um, which is makes it hilarious to me. Um, and that how much they try um, how much you can see Vin's grip on it um once all the characters come back. Right. I and you you kind of almost make him
2: sound like a totalitarian uh, dictator, but in in your opinion, yeah. he
1: changes this for the good, for yeah, the better. Yes. Yeah. Which... I will I will never you know, say that his decision to do it was a bad thing because he its one of those things where I think he got what the movies could be like. It wasn't going to be, you know, pop, you know, pop like um, pop culture, you know, bubble gum stuff. That's a lot of neon that's in this movie. It was much more about let's just show off, you know, insane cars and let's put them in real Let's make us like international spies and put us in a stupid situation. Too Fast, Too Furious from
2: 2003 is directed by John Singleton, who directed Boys in the Hood, first African-American nominated for Best Director and youngest ever nominated in the category at 24 years old. He also directed Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, Rosewood, Shaft, and Four Brothers. Stars Paul Walker, Tyrese Gibson, Hauser, Eva Mendes, Chris Ludacris Bridges, but Tom, Barry, James, Remar, David Naoki, Omari Nolasco, Michael Ely, and Jin Al-Yang has an IMDb score of 5.9 and a Rotten Tomato score of 36% budget, $76 million. Box office, $127 million domestic, $236 million worldwide. In comparison, the first one made $144 million domestic, $207 million worldwide on a budget of $38 million. Just about half the budget of this one. You guys want to get into the plot? Yeah. I'll take that as a yes. And Tia, why don't you tell us about Tia and do Dan's part for this week.
0: (laughs) Hi, guys. How are you doing? It's me, Tia. (laughs) Um, No, again, thanks for having me on. Um, I am the content manager for Geek Vibes Nation. Um, I also do a podcast with my friend Brittany for. GVN uh, called the Top 10 with Tio, where we do top 10 lists. Um, recently, last month, we did uh, the top 10 c- canceled shows that are still worth watching. Um, and so, you know, we just are having a lot of fun. We appreciate all the support that we can get. GeekFastNation.com is where you can find all my articles, and Geek Vibes Podcast is the name of the YouTube channel where I just posted my interview with Sina Og who you may know as Simon from The Walking Dead, Pike from Snowpiercer and Trevor Phillips from GTA 5.
2: And we are going to take a quick break and you guys are going to listen to some messages from the friends of the podcast and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Ken of Padawan J, Coach Duffy from the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out UltraduroPalayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info and parley points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled
0: podcasts.
3: Hey, everybody. My name is. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. David, I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar podcast is all
2: about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks and welcome back mouse time to get into the plot four too fast too furious we open on the most 2000s version of the universal logo the transform into some chrome rims and then transition into real chrome rims as a truck full of car bunnies which i'm not sure is an official term but i've made it up play some road closure signs on some empty streets i don't think they have the authority to do so but they do it anyway <laughs> And we cut to some Dayglo cars and motorcycles as we have street racing meetups set up by Chris Ludacris Bridges himself. And he promises tonight is going to be an all-timer. We get some hero shots of some scantily clad girls in the cars. And this could be called male gazed emotion picture. And three racers get ready to street race. But Luda says they can't race without a fourth, which he, will be, which he will back down from four minutes later. And he tells them he's got a guy if they don't care who it is. So he gives a call to Paul Walker and tells him to get there in four minutes, which I'm not trying to bring logic into this entire movie, but that's got to be physically
3: impossible. Right. You got to get you got to get dressed, start the car. Yeah. He's not two minutes away. He's he's in a towel when he gets the call. So that's
2: going to take a minute and a half to get dressed.
3: Right. Conservatively. Yes. And
2: if he doesn't know where his keys are, that's going to take him a minute or so. You know, it's a thing. You can't get anywhere in four minutes. I could barely get at the end of my driveway no. in four minutes. That's not yeah. happening. It's a long driveway, though. Been... <laughs> uh, Paul Walker then speeds over to the meetup as Ludacris's act of fool plays from one of the car's speaker systems, meaning that in this universe, both Ludacris and Tej exist. Oh, I didn't even no think of that. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, no one ever says, hey, Tej, you look like Ludacris. Anyone ever tell you that? <laughs> Does that ever happen, Mark? Does anybody ever tell Tej, "Hey, you look like no. you look like Ludacris"?
1: Yeah, no, this would be the movie where they would do it because that's unfortunate. Think, yeah, I mean it, the series isn't over yet, and so. yeah,
2: they could totally do a, like an Ocean's Twelve thing where like they set up a heist with Tej pretending to be Ludacris.
1: Oh, I wouldn't put it past this. Movie. Well,
2: I mean, if Universal, if you're listening, I will write this movie for you. Center around Ludacris Bridges.
3: Can I be honest with you? What's that? You just blew my goddamn mind, because <laughs> I didn't even think that Ludacris existing both as the rapper and the character, yeah, would yeah. be a thing. This is
2: this is universe breaking. Does Paul Walker also exist? Who knows? Right. I mean,
0: it's, well, it's
2: like, through twenty seventeen, I suppose.
0: It's, <laughs> it's Tej's um yeah. like you know secret identity. You know, by night, oh. by night he's like a street. Street car uh, organizer, you know, for the races and anything. And during the day, he's like a multi-million slash billionaire musician. You know, his passion is just organizing illegal street races. Yes. I like it. I don't
3: know if that's the best cover-up, though. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not.
0: (laughs) But it's the early 2000s, so (laughs) it doesn't need to make sense.
3: (laughs) Draw as
2: much attention to myself as possible.
0: (laughs) And, and, And I will let you know, Ant, that the character
1: of Brian has outlived Paul Walker. He is still in the movies. But... <laughs> that's he, true, he, right? Yeah. He Look rides off it, into the to... sunset. Yep. And then, and then in, it's either eight or nine, they're like, hey, wait, we can't start the barbecue without Brian. And then a blue car pulls into the driveway.
2: And oh, you know, no. Right? Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I feel it. like
0: that's like, <laughs> I feel like that's sad and almost a little. I know that they're doing it, I guess, as a way of honoring him, but it almost feels mildly disrespectful. It's like, I don't know. That's just yeah. cringe feels icky
3: don't they use they use paul walker's brother right in
0: seven yes
3: okay like kind of fill in i guess yeah that that would make me feel kind of shitty as the brother like you only want me because i vaguely look like my brother and they were like, you yes. don't want me <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah we don't want you we want your brother essentially Do and you you're the to next keep getting next his
1: royalty checks
3: <laughs> is he, are they like blackmailing him essentially <laughs> you're going to do this and you're going to like it, oh. it so, Vin Diesel coming down hard so Walker eventually
2: shows up wearing a long white t-shirt like he just brought it from home or something and he immediately raises the stakes of the race and tells one of the racers who doesn't want to up the ante that he can leave but Luda didn't want to race with just three so I'm in the impression that this is a work the entire time right
0: Ooh, yeah yeah you yeah. They they know they're being yeah, yeah they're, being they're, they're like hard. they're
2: like pool
1: sharks right and uh, yeah yeah, yeah and, and the best part is that um Suki like seems to have a relationship with Tej but yet he is scamming her out of money in this
2: yeah <laughs> like i can't believe she's on the poster cuz she is yeah. going, she is in and out of this movie like yeah. they they like they they act like they she's going to have a bigger role and she does not have a an, a role that plays any part. Um just there to drive the car at the end. But eventually they all agree and they get in their cars as Ava Mendez gives Walker the eyes (laughs) and the race begins as they race through the streets of Miami. And the cinematography is a choice to say the least. And I remember how much I hate the trope of people talking to themselves in cars. And this whole scene is incredibly garish. Someone compared it to Speed Racer and I can't unsee it.
0: It is very like cartoony Video games, like that's all I thought about. Like I've played racing games where it's you know the cutscene in a racing game is something similar, or in a ra- you know you're playing a racing game and they're shouting out random things. It's like okay, that's one thing for say a racing video game, but for a movie, it's like yeah, I mean try and put yourself it, like we I guess we all just randomly shout things out while we're driving alone in our cars.
2: Yeah, I'm just singing to uh, Carly Rae right. Jepsen. I don't know. <laughs> trying to think of something Um. yeah
1: i think it's just basically trying to get the um illusion of trash talking in a competition
2: where
1: where drag racers are probably not saying anything in their cars
2: yeah it's again it's filling the void because you can't have a four minute street race without anybody saying anything it's just not in this day and age like i said in bullet 1968 uh, you could have just the sounds of the engines going, but people have a short attention span. In two thousand two, they're all hopped up on four loco without them before oh, shit, it got uh, <laughs> regulated. <laughs> yeah,
1: just, yeah. Bringing it back, and by the way, uh, uh, since you mentioned it a few times, did you catch uh, Brian's nickname? Bullet. Yeah. Is it bullet? Yeah. Even they call him
3: a few people Talk know him. that. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the one girl knows him as Bullet and still chooses to race against him. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if she's overly confident or just dumb.
2: She might be dumb because she she places second. Her car gets totaled and she's pretty excited about it. And I'm pretty sure there wasn't a second place uh, like prize.
3: I don't think there pretty was. Sure,
2: pretty sure it was a winner take all because why <laughs> would there be why would there be second place yeah. uh, winnings for a street race? Right, it's not a fantasy football league. She's pretty yeah. excited that she's yeah, now out at least ten grand for her total car.
1: Yeah, there's if someone brings up in the trivia, which you'll bring up, why this part gets crazy, um, is that the damage they'll take doing the final part of this race is way more than the winnings. So who yeah. would actually do the final part of the race?
3: Yeah. Well, the one guy, the what, the the Spanish guy. Yeah. He's
1: the only smart best. one.
3: Yep. It's like nope. I'm cutting my losses. I'm I
2: know I'm not going to make that. Yeah, and there's a whole back and both bunch of back and forth between walkers, Brian Suki, played by Devin Aoki, and two other guys throughout the race. Eventually culminates into a jump over a raised drawbridge. with Brian jumping over one of the dudes' cars mid-flight and cruising to victory. This decision to break into the bridge control room and raise the bridge on Tej's part is reckless. Like people could have died in this <laughs> in this stunt, yeah. and somehow Brian makes the jump without any damage to his car, and Suki manages to come in second with incredible damage to her car, and she's excited though. And I'm not sure that there was a prize for second place.
1: Yeah, the the reason Tej does um what he did, if as you learn a little later in the movie, is because he runs a body shop. So these cars damaging themselves on the jump is business for him
2: yeah and it's uh he deals with bridges because he's
3: ludicrous bridges
2: right yes
1: exactly yeah.
3: <laughs> that's why
2: they call him he, ludicrous bridges
3: uh he's also very good at being a creep to uh suki suki is that her name yeah. yeah 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 he he does a good job there yeah why don't you bring that body over see what <laughs> we could do with it he's like well you better be careful because i might yeah. but that's what yeah. he wants he yeah, he yeah, literally he, just said bring your body it, over it's...
1: Yeah, he wants to see um, what they could do with that front
0: end.
3: Oh, had yeah. what's under the hood.
0: It's the oh, it's goodness. the worst dialogue slash pickup lines for that time. Like it's just so incredibly oh, yeah. corny, and it's like, who wrote this? Who writes this? I mean, oh god, it was so cringy. I
3: I, I really hope he didn't write that line.
1: <laughs> no. The, the trivia says that there's a lot of improv, so who knows?
3: Uh, yep. Oh boy, that doesn't, that's not very smooth for someone as smooth as, as he is, I believe. Yeah. Then we get like four or five shots
2: of Ludacris just nodding in approval in the crowd. Oh, that's my the, favorite <laughs> shot in the whole movie. They, I think they reused that same shot like two yeah. or three times.
1: I, I, oh. I, I want to see, I didn't get a chance to search for it. I want to see if there's a GIF, like the one that involves the Star Trek people. Um, which is just <laughs> him and Brian nodding back and forth on repeat.
2: Yeah, it's like so. Brian Brian like finishes the race, stops the car, and looks at Ludacris, and Ludacris gives him the nod. And then Brian gets out of the car,
3: looks over at Ludacris, and Ludacris gives him the same exact nod. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a moment I messaged you guys where Ludacris and Paul Walker are talking to each other, but Ludacris right at the beginning looking... right before the race yes so he's looking off screen and he's talking to someone else he must be he's they're, not talking to paul walker they're both like looking away from each other
2: and away from everybody so i like i said i think that they this is a con
3: job i i'm thinking even though so he's pretending that they don't know each other then uh, that's what it
2: feels like i mean he okay. has a, he obviously has to assume that they obviously have to assume that they knew know each other because he calls him but exactly um, yeah, it feels like it's a work that they're. Oh yeah, oh that guy mysteriously tapped out of this because he's got a work
3: late. So I'm gonna call my buddy
2: and you know. It, it yeah, seems okay, I, I was just confused. Like, is he,
3: does he? know he's not talking directly. He's not looking at Paul Walker.
2: Yeah. Right, because because isn't Walk, Walker is renting the houseboat from him? Is he not? Oh, I don't remember. Right, because he's because I, I got confused because he they have a whole scene where that they. They apparently they have to to make sure everybody knows in the audience that Tyrese is also renting a houseboat from Ludacris, and then like Paul Walker is sleeping in the in the houseboat at the, in the point where Ava Mendez comes and shows up. So I was confused by that, but apparently they're they both are. I don't know. It's it, it's of no consequence to the movie, but I was just confused. Ah, uh, and I guess Suki's prize is short King Tej because they have some dialogue about fucking each other a little classier
3: than what i just said <laughs> yeah, there, was, there was it was a little bit more like innuendo-ish yeah a little double entendres as the yeah. french
2: would say <laughs> and then Brian, brian's sort of hand cannon that shoots a grappling hook into brian's car and fries the electrical car bringing the electrical in the car bringing his car to a stop and he is arrested and i felt like this was going to be the thing in the movie this felt like Remar was going to be the villain to me. Like this felt like a villain move. Like, oh man, how are we going to street race when these cops got grappling hooks that do this to us? <laughs> grappling hooks. This is changing the game. We got to figure out how to fight this. This is fascism. You know, maybe yeah, I mean, it's better. That's essentially, what it is, I guess. <laughs> um, but it didn't wind up. It it comes back at the end.
0: Pretty good technology for the time.
2: Yeah, I thought I thought it would have been cool. Like, oh, man, now they're they're shutting down street racing with this gun. Yeah. <laughs> everybody everybody's trying to flee and everybody just gets taken in because would they you- got these. They got several of these guns, you know, that would be cool.
1: Would you watch the 11th movie if uh, Vin Diesel and the family take down the ruling class? And uh, if they ate the rich? Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> but they they are the rich. <laughs> right there because they're multimillionaires.
2: If Vin Diesel and the Toretto's bring socialism to America, like they <laughs> they dismantle capitalism and they replace it with like socialized medicine or something like that, I'd watch that. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, are they the are they the group to do that? Who else? It's not those Democrats.
0: What if in the third movie they just like go to like Ukraine and stop Putin <laughs> and everything? Would you watch it then? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, nah. <laughs> you would you wouldn't want to watch, uh, you know, Vin Diesel and the family in like Soviet era Russia. I get the Russia. appeal,
2: but I'm probably gonna say no. <laughs> I, th- not- I can
3: definitely see that happening, though.
1: Yeah, it, it, with current events, it's kind of weird saying this, but they're taking on villains much more dangerous to the world. More <laughs> recent movies,
3: Charlie's hair <laughs> and haircut.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Charlize Theron's haircuts and, and the braids, you know, bigger villains. <laughs> bigger
3: villains in the world. <laughs> no, I I don't, I feel like they've kind of set up where this team, this crew can do anything, right? It yeah. could do the impossible. So that would be interesting. To on the team. moon
1: is how it has to end. stands. <laughs> right?
3: I, I guess you could do, it. yeah. Why not bring them into, just bring, like just put them at January 6th where they, they <laughs> just mowing in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're driving up the steps of the Capitol. <laughs> right, just... just mowing down. It's protesters, I guess.
2: They have like a big net <laughs> b- driving behind them, and they're just like scooping everybody up. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, yes. If they don't go to the moon, giving this team a time machine, I'm 100% on board. I will watch that movie. If they start traveling through time solving solving uh problems in in history yeah I, you if you throw in time machines and time travel i'm always there regardless of of the movie but yeah
0: i think i would be interested just to see like wow they really did it my god they did <laughs> they, it <laughs> they, they
1: stopped multiple attacks on the world they went to space what what else is left justin time travel
3: yeah <laughs> Right. Yeah, that is the final frontier, pretty much.
1: Yeah, we, we gotta go back. Something happens in the first movie that we need to stop. <laughs>
0: They're the heroes we need, we just don't deserve. This is a
2: perfect vehicle, uh, pun unintended, um, to like do the uh, very meta joke of giving them a time machine that is a DeLorean, right? Yeah.
3: This is the perfect franchise for it. Yeah, and then they would make a quip about it, I'm sure, right? Like, yeah.
0: Well... The DeLorean is actually coming back. The, like, DeLorean um, estate has just announced that they're, like, doing a new version of the car. So, perfect timing for the Fast and the Furious franchise to pick one of those bad boys up. Yeah, it'll be like,
2: they'll be a joke about, does this thing go 88 miles an hour? And oh, Iris definitely. will be like, it'll go a lot faster than that. <laughs> See, See them drive a Tesla. Look, Universal, I can do this. Give me the <laughs> franchise. I will write it.
3: I mean, I'm sure you could be just as ludicrous. <laughs>
2: oh man. Oh. <laughs> ludicrous
3: that one was, that one was intended for sure. <laughs> uh, I I think I don't know. I, I think the whole the, the whole issue is I can't get and I love action movies as much as the next person, but I, I can't get on board with some of the things that they do here you' you're you're catching people flying through the air with a car that's flying through the air and I, this is a guy who really likes people who dress in certain and like and spandex and do these crazy things but that's I think that's pretty much set within the parameters of that universe we're still trying to stick to reality of some kind in fast and the Furious because it's yeah. Isn't isn't that true? What what if they
2: were wearing spandex instead of West Coast Shopper T-shirts?
3: <laughs> but it's too late for that now. Because <laughs> you you've already established this canon where
2: they're real people. Yeah, I think they probably just should have shown that someone was a robot at one point, and then sure. everything else goes out of out the window. It's like okay, Ludacris is a robot. It's fine. Everything else I mean, makes sense now.
3: I I remember seeing in. I don't know which movie it is, but there was a trailer where the cars bring down like a jumbo jet.
1: Oh, you mean the end of the sixth movie?
3: Is that you sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what
2: is that? That that's not real. Look, Dan, we could get into it all day. We're here to talk about Too Fast, Too Furious. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs>
3: okay, yeah, you're right. You're one hundred
2: percent right. Don't
0: this, we don't have the. We don't. We don't have the time, Dan, to set out the permissions of this universe. We don't know. It's it's a movie-by-movie movie yeah, thing. true. The rules keep changing. The second
3: one, it's very much just, you know, it's very much based in reality.
0: Yeah, except for right.
3: the last,
2: like, three minutes when they jump. There's a, there just so happens to be a jump, but we'll get into it. Uh, later, they have Brian in an interrogation room, and Remar starts reading Brian his own file. Then Agent Bilkin show up. He was in the first movie. And they bring Brian into a briefing, start going through the case of a Miami drug dealer by the name of Verone, telling Brian that they want him to pose as a driver for this drug dealer so that they can bring the dealer down and that they have an undercover customs agent posing as the dealer's girlfriend. They basically give Brian an ultimatum, help them with the case where they're going to charge him with a list of crimes that he committed from the first one. And they introduce him to another agent That will act as another driver, but it's obvious that the guy doesn't know enough about cars to pass any sort of smell test. Brian says he won't do it unless he gets to pick
1: the other driver. Yeah, that that guy in this scene is more cop than Brian, and that's saying something. Yeah,
0: I just love in movies like this where it's like I make the ultimatum i got a guy and it's just so cliche yeah. i'm not going unless i can bring my own guy and it's like okay. the you're, Armaged- the- <laughs>
3: you're the cops you have the final say in anything yeah it's the armageddon effect right that's right yeah, yeah. Right. i need my team i need my team right assemble we have the, we have these 10 highly trained astronauts who know what they're doing no i need these guys who are alcoholics and drug dealers <laughs> They don't know about (laughs) drilling, man. Yeah, none of them know about drilling.
2: They don't know about driving. (laughs) So, Brian and Billkins go to Barstow to watch Roman Pierce, played by Tyrese, participate in a demolition derby. What kind of people do you think go to a demolition derby in the middle of Barstow, California? It's got to be classiest people. Yes, also cops. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Roman seems to be uh, on house arrest, despite the fact that he is not
3: currently in his house. I was just going to say, how is that? He can only be 100 yards from his house? They do explain it. Okay. Um, His house is apparently his trailer,
2: which is in the parking lot.
3: I was going to say, he lives in
1: his car. So (laughs) so if you you (laughs) want to go down, this was the only fun thing I found, but if you want to go down like a rabbit hole at the goofs on IMDb with people... A, being really into cars and saying that certain car sounds wouldn't be in the cars that are on screen is insane. Um,
2: Fuck those people.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they mentioned that the rules of house arrest is that you need to be in a stationary house so you don't try to leave the state. Mm, so the fact, that the fact that he's in a trailer that can move is, is completely against the rules.
2: This movie falls apart right there.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's saying something when like what Ant-Man and the boss was more realistic of what house <laughs> arrest is than two facts too furious just saying <laughs> uh,
2: yeah uh so roman seems to be on house arrest, and he and brian brian have some history so brian goes to approach roman but roman calls him a pig and then they start fighting They're wrestling around a dirt parking lot like a couple schoolyard bullies and after the fight they get right into each other's faces close enough to kiss but unfortunately they don't and instead, <laughs> Brian just tells him he wants to come to Miami to work on a job in exchange for a clean slate. That would have been uh, an interesting twist. <laughs> so a lot of the Letterboxd uh, reviews that I, I was looking through, a lot of them say this is like the gayest movie ever.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> there, there's a lot of that undertone is, is what, yeah. what's going on. Okay, I can see yeah. it. Especially between the two of
3: them. There's a lot of homoerotic uh, vibes. Right, because they have that built up, like... Just just get it on already, you know, get a room, get over it. So it's they definitely have that camaraderie, I guess. Yeah. So they go to Miami, Roman without his
2: ankle bracelet, which for some reason they had to make a very specific point to show that. And Brian with a new fit of a West Coast chopper's shirt and a pair of jorts like he's a sixth grader that just went to JCPenney for back to school. And Bilkins (laughs) takes them to a hangar where they meet up with Ava Mendez, who is the undercover agent Monica Fuentes. And she's just so casual about meeting with the feds for some undercover. The feds unveil the new cherry rides for Brian and Roman, which I guess in some circles are hot, but I think they're quite ugly. They get their cars. They really are. I I don't get it. I just don't get like I don't. Uh, I can appreciate a car that I think looks nice, but I guess I, in the circles that enjoy cars, me and them don't just don't see eye to eye. No. They get in the cars, Monica and Brian head over to the dealer's house. The dealer's name is Verone, and on the ride, Brian can't help but just be really unprofessional with monica which i can't necessarily fault him because it is ava mendez but at the same time he's being super careless even so far as doing a move where he recklessly stares at her as he drives over 100 miles per hour without looking at the road r.i.p paul walker
3: they make it to verone's <laughs> house with a whole bunch uh, i'm quick, just gonna yeah jen got very upset with me about that okay because I, I i mentioned something along the same i was like well you know he wasn't paying attention. Like, like <laughs> but like, how are you gonna say that? Like, you make it sound like he had it coming. Like, I'm not saying he had it coming, but probably should have been a little more careful. Like, <laughs> I can't believe you.
0: Doesn't that scene like almost? I'm trying to think of what other movie something like that like reminds me of. Like, I don't know. I'm getting very Talladega Nights vibe from this.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like lucky he had an empty stretch of road there, because he was just gonna plow yeah. into the back of some sedan.
0: I was gonna say that's very inconsiderate for, say, like single mom who's carting around her like five kids to ballet right. or some <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: right? Yeah. It's just like you're having a shit day, right? You're you're late dropping the kids off, and then Paul Walker is trying to impress I- Eva Mendes. Yeah. Sorry I
2: sliced through your Corolla like a knife through butter, but I was really trying to get into this chick's pants. You get it, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you understand.
2: They make it to Verone's house with a whole bunch of other drivers for some sort of trial. Verone comes out of the house and tells the drivers his Ferrari was stolen, and they impounded it, and there's a package in the glove box that he needs retrieved. So the race is on, and Brian and Roman race the other drivers to the impound lot as the audition begins they don't know is each of their cars has been tracked by GPS that the cops are tracking. But the cops think that they're running because they didn't think that. I don't understand this part. Like, they've given these guys these cars with the specific idea that they're going to be driving for Verone. And the first time they take these cars out, they assume these guys are just fleeing.
3: Yeah. Again, total incompetence from top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely. So
2: the cops think they're running, but during this race, one of the other drivers just straight up dies as he gets crushed by an 18 year old. That's right. I forgot.
1: (laughs) I think him and the guy that crashes into him are both dead.
2: Yeah. And then and then we just kind of move on with our lives like that didn't just happen. And Brian, like, acts like a real asshole throughout this entire drive, even driving backwards at some point. It's at this moment that I realize I hate everyone in this movie. And Roman and Brian make it to the impound lot first and find the Ferrari. And Tyrese takes the opportunity to pop his shirt off so he <laughs> can break the window with his hand. I mean, you know what? It. If I looked like if I looked like Tyrese without my shirt on, like like that would be the default. Right. Like I'd be putting right. on
1: shirts. I, I could see I could see the discussion back and forth with him and John Singleton. So when I get out of the car, I take my shirt off, so I break the window, right? No, you don't have to take your shirt off, you know. It's gonna just it's it's fake glass, you can just punch your but take my shirt off, right, John? Just, <laughs> just take
0: it off, right?
3: Well, like you said, there was a lot of improv. Yeah, it's like who? So.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like who made that decision? Was that in the script, or was that something that Tyrese was just like, "No, no, 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 this is gonna happen." I, but again, I get it.
3: I would do the yeah. same yeah. thing. It would be a, a, a con. It would be in my contract how you know Vin Diesel can't lose a fight. Aquino has to have his shirt off for ninety yeah. percent of the film. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I just yeah. had the feeling that they shot the scene five times and each time he took a shirt off and if the director didn't want it in there, he was just like, you know what? Sure. We're losing light. I'm done.
2: Right. It's kind of like that. Uh, it's, it's like that Mitch Hedberg joke is like, why is, why is corn? Why is it corn on the cob? Cause that's like the de- that should be the default.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> it should be corn off the cob. Yeah. So like, it shouldn't be, ju- it should be Tyrese and then Tyrese Tyrese with a shirt on. <laughs> right. it's like the default is Tyrese shirtless, shirtless right. if, it, Tyrese, if he's Tyrese wearing a old.
3: shirt if he's wearing a shirt something's wrong
2: yeah yeah it's off as they would say in animation circles it's off model
3: correct yes <laughs> it's like the Simpsons
2: when they wear their Sunday bests at church that's the off model Simpsons <laughs> and that's Tyrese when he's wearing a shirt I like that
3: and <laughs> I'm sure he likes that too
2: yeah I'm sure the ladies like it too uh but the door's Um, open anyway yeah (laughs) that's right i i don't think i don't think i'm making huge assumptions to assume that that's that's an appealing look for tyrese he he works hard on it for that assumption you know
0: yeah of course i mean it was nice it's like you know we we have one moment where the rest is like here's (laughs) Steven mendez here's (laughs) Sue. Here's this. Here's that. You know. Right. Here's all these girls with, like, you know, no clothes on whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's for
3: be, the ladies. To be fair, you guys also sure. get. Geez, you you guys also <laughs> get the uh, the undercover agent who has his shirt ripped off in the interrogation scene. So uh, <laughs> you're welcome, I guess. This is this is feminism in two thousand
0: and three. Yeah. This is what counted for feminism. There you go. Enjoy, (laughs) ladies. Thank you.
2: Thank you, I guess. I I think in two thousand three, just a shirtless Tyrese makes this movie pass the Bechtel test. Sure.
3: (laughs) I don't see why not.
0: It was like it was very low effort back then. It's like, Yeah. yeah, 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 like we'll sprinkle like one thing
3: right the lowest effort at that time because you're getting those really bad uh, you're getting like uh road trip comedies uh, a lot of tom green was thrown in there so you, oh, yeah. you you're getting bottom of the barrel
2: yeah i like we we've, we've talked about on this podcast a lot just how the the 2000s are a cesspool of everything from from fashion to gender politics to music yeah. to music yeah it's it's bad we took an enormous step back in the 2000s and we're still trying to claw our way back out of the hole it dug in terms of pop culture
0: it really felt and and i've like i've gone back and watched remember the um the cameron diaz charlie's angels and everything Mm -hmm. and there felt like a moment between say 2001 and maybe 2005 2006 where like people forgot how to make movies like you know there's a lot of good movies before that time. And there's a lot of good movies after that time. And for some reason, everything around that that small error was like, no, terrible.
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is. And I don't too know. Fast and
0: Furious um, is right there.
2: Yeah, it's it's a bad bad era, bad era for era, a lot of Stop. things. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all he's got to say about it. Uh, so they search the car and find the package, and the cops show up. So Roman shoots at them, and they make their escape. Take it back to the drug dealer Dennis Reynolds and hand over the package. And Tyrese asks for some food and Brian starts scamming on drug dealer Dennis's girlfriend. So Monica takes them to a poolside table and they wait for Verone who shows up and opens the package to reveal the only thing in the package was a cigar. Which is comically large and the ca- the actor that plays Verone never looks comfortable with it. Uh, they go for a walk to discuss the job. He needs them to drive something, something to the Keys and he's offering them $100,000. Tyrese can't help but push Verone and says he should give them each $100,000. The Verone then invites him to the club that night to discuss things further. Then he catches Roman trying to make off with his cigar cutter. So they leave and head to Tej's garage, which is also a beach party location where he runs jet ski races. Brian asks one of Tej's mechanics to look over the cars they got from the cops. Then Roman takes the opportunity to ogle the girls in bikinis. Brian then gets Tej to let Roman crash on his houseboat. For some reason, it just spends a lot of time just deciding how these guys are sleeping. Uh, Jimmy, the mechanic... Well, because... Go
0: ahead. Because they, ha- they can't have any, like, underlying like, um... I don't even know how to, like, explain it. You know, this is the error of, uh... You know, no homo, bro. I was just about to say,
2: like, it might be just because they were like, this is we have to try and set some parameters for this relationship. So we have to make it a point to say that they are not sleeping in the same place. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's a whole plot point.
0: It's so much effort in a movie that like could be spent elsewhere. Why are we spending this much time on this?
3: <laughs> Definitely. Well, yeah, like Ann the- said, they really kind of dropped the ball with the, that. they really like, how they handled uh um what, what were you saying ant basically like same sex uh scenes and characters like they really dropped the ball on that in that area
2: yeah uh, like i i think they were just trying to make a point to say like these guys ain't gay right they're <laughs> macho men <laughs> they're they're sleeping in two different houseboats they may look like the same houseboat
0: it's like in case you were thinking it no and it's like no one was thinking it until he made yeah. it apparently obvious. Listen,
3: <laughs> listen, our one character walks around without his shirt off in front of no women, but that doesn't mean he likes dudes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> we need,
2: we need to try and have him objectify women more in the next scenes exactly, so to make up for it. it. Yeah. So he's gonna drop this line where he calls this a oasis.
3: Oh, that's <laughs> right. A
2: oasis. That
0: was so terrible. <laughs> I wonder if that was an ad lib line. Uh, I like, hope was, so. again, was that in the script or was that ad lib? I hope that was Tyrese. Like, I got this one.
3: <laughs> Say no,
2: no
1: more, I like, man. I like know no that guys. most of Tyrese's lines were ad lib.
2: <laughs> like, he he came to set and he's like, "Man, I got such a great line." I was thinking, I can oh, like I wrote it down last night, and it's gonna kill. That's really yeah. what
0: happened.
1: They, like, yeah, they, they were like, they you, mentioned man. in the trivia.
3: They left it in. Yeah,
1: yeah they mentioned nope. in the trivia. We already past this scene but when they're doing the, the tester on the audition when he says why am I chasing the cat it was like an improv line of a, of a song like a line from a song or something that, that okay. Tyrese liked so he just said it in that scene and they kept it in so that's why I believe 90% of his dialogue was ad lib oh, mm-hmm.
3: very interesting
0: very Possible.
2: Yep. so then uh, Jimmy the mechanic then mentions that the cars are wired with a, a very advanced GPS uh, oh so-
0: wait okay i'm sorry i need to cut in because this scene <laughs> this scene when they were talking about like the gps sounded like again because it's 2003 right where no one really knew what the concept of gps was so it's like they almost put it in and it's like a sponsored ad for the audience as they were like this gps is this and this is how it's worked. wow i didn't know that's how it was done Tell me more. Right. Well, as you could see, so, and I'm like sitting there, like, what are they explaining all of this for? And it's like, oh, it's 2003. They like really have to explain the concept of GPS. <laughs>
1: you, you mean like
0: having um, ads in the middle of the
1: movie, like Snap-on Tools? Yeah. That Brian yeah. makes the point. Oh, he's got all these Snap-on Tools. <laughs>
2: So Brian asks Jimmy to uh, disable the trackers. They then notice a couple of Verones guys staking them out. So Roman sets their car on fire, almost doing an Axel Foley impression. I very felt like this was the banana in the tailpipe scene from yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. They go to meet with the cops and Roman and James Remar immediately get into a fight over Roman shooting at Remar, which is understandable. Then Roman winds up eating a Remar sandwich as Brian lays out what they know. Which isn't much more than they're going to do a run for Verone and then Monica maybe compromise, Which she 100% is because she's been undercover for 11 months. So there's no way she's not fucking Verone at this point. Yeah. Um, can, you imagine, the brief, at
3: all. can you imagine if he, that's the one place where he was like a gentleman? Like, oh, yeah. We're, we're going to wait until you're ready. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Take it's your time. time. It's been
0: yeah. 11 months, but <laughs> right. you know.
3: Take your time. I've been on 50 <laughs> dates. It's perfectly fine. You're living in my house rent
2: free. You know, I don't expect anything from you.
3: Yeah. I'm
2: just a drug dealer that, <laughs> that doesn't, a, doesn't pressure women into
3: sex. Good guy, of a wrong. What a gentleman. <laughs> mercilessly, <laughs> mercilessly kills others, but hey, he respects a woman's boundary. He's not a monster. <laughs> but you better hold that
2: cop's mouth shut while this rat eats <laughs> through
3: his chest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which was so random <laughs> such a random like thing someone it it felt as if someone was doing like random research on medieval torture and they're like right. what if like we include this in the movie and it's like wait yeah. what <laughs> right.
3: that's the boss are you sure you want to do that that's like weird stuff like no yeah i i saw it on you know on the history channel i want to do this i'm
0: the boss yeah,
3: yeah. it's like some it's like someone
0: I want saw to put it to the
3: test.
2: <laughs> it's like someone saw snatch and they had the whole thing's about the pigs will eat basically anything if you starve them. Right. And they're like, "Oh man, we need a cool like animal thing." So let's research some <laughs> weird crazy <laughs> animal stuff. That's what the game came off of. I like it. Yeah. That's believable. Uh, after the brief, after the brief Brian or Roman realized they're sort of in over their head and they need an exit strategy, which will include two cars that aren't being tracked by the cops. So they set up a street race with two of the other drivers from the Verona audition and the winner takes both cars and it's a, a team barrel race. So Roman starts off and gets absolutely hosed by the challenger. So when Brian gets to go, he's already well behind the other guy. So he has to wind up playing chicken with the other guy as he's on his way back. And the other guy chickens out and winds up spitting out, giving Brian enough time to catch up. And he winds up winning the race with an extra nitrous boost at the end.
1: And that and Brian... great CG of showing them going back and forth near yeah. the end.
2: And Brian and Roman drive off with two new cars. Can you imagine just handing over your car after you lose a race? No, never. Like, ah,
3: fuck no. That's not happening. And they have guns. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. It would be one of those things where I don't remember that happening. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not paying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't want to play anymore.
2: (laughs) So Brian and Ro- Roman go to the club and meet with Verone at uh, Oasis, as Roman call as Roman calls it, and they meet up with Monica and Brian. And Monica just talk openly about being cops in a club they expect Verone to be at at any moment. On top of just openly flirting with each other, my and get- my
3: favorite part of this scene is so it's uh, Tyrese, Eva Mendes, and Paul Walker, and uh, Paul Walker and Eva Mendes are flirting. Tyrese sees Verone is there. Goes up to Eva Mendez and Paul Walker, tells them he's here. Don't look. Next <laughs> shot is of all of them staring at Verone.
1: <laughs> I, 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 thought you, you're mention, I thought you were gonna mention the part in the scene where he just they have their little thing and then he just looks at Eva Mendez and goes, I gotta piss. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> honestly.
3: Yeah. I for some reason I just I thought that was hilarious because it it's it's basically like in grade school, right? You're like, oh, oh she's here, she's here. where where is she right behind you don't make it don't look don't make it obvious and then you just stare right back at them that's
1: exactly
2: what this was Yeah. and he even
1: waits
2: (laughs) they get summoned by Verone and they are brought to the lamest VIP section ever and Verone starts measuring his dig against Brian over Monica then Verone takes them back to the back room for further discussion couple minutes later, a woman brings a detective that is on the take with Verone into the back, and Verone says they're going to have a little fun. So Verone tries to put screws on the detective to get a window of time for Brian and Roman to make the run, but the detective says he can't do it, so Verone has his men hold the detective down, and he places a rat on his chest with a metal bucket over it and starts to heat the bucket. The point being that in a panic, the rat will start to chew through anything in order to get away from the heat. That anything being this uh, cop's chest.
0: Yeah, and again, like... For those who are listening who don't know, this is that that was something during medieval times that was used during like the times of burning people at the stakes and shit like that. It's just weird to have that in in, like a two thousand three torture scene. Like you would think the guy is getting, and not to be graphic, but the guy is gonna get his like fingernails pulled out or something or something with drills you know, something
3: what, what, that would
0: would have been on brand so random. like
2: it you mm. know post 9/11 waterboarding well this is pre Guantanamo Bay oh
3: okay yeah so they didn't this think of is, that yet
2: yeah
0: because they're around cars electrocuting them with the oh, car yeah, battery true. yeah you put it
3: you clamp his nipples right
0: yeah. it, exactly you would think you would think for a car movie that they would have car torture but no it just no, beat no. the shit out of them
3: yeah, right? just good go. old fashioned brass knuckles. Yeah. I mean we're,
0: yeah, is... we're thinking too creatively here. Right.
3: Yeah, so just beat the shit out of him. It, I like it. He
2: he takes yeah.
0: a
3: couple scratches from the rat and he's he's talking like a, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's
3: singing like a, a I can't even What 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 like is a canary? A canary, there you go. He's singing like a canary, man. They're like, "Oh, it's scratching me. I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, uh, yeah, you this... rough him up a little bit i'm sure he'll talk yeah this came out in june so
2: we're we this is like two months into the iraq war so and yeah, the they hadn't crazy shit hasn't yet. come out yet yeah yeah uh sure enough the rat starts biting the detective and verone keeps going until the detective finally gives in and they let him up and now verone has bought the guys 15 minutes of time without the cops and lets the guys leave and gives them instructions to meet the day after next then threatens Monica that he'll kill her if he sees her touch another man ever again. So guys go to Tej's garage, which is an insi- insignificant scene, except during a card game, Ludacris just casually drops a royal flush like it's nothing. Eh.
1: Yeah, I've <laughs> been <laughs> <next out> of <laughs> this.
2: <laughs> Early next morning, Monica shows up at Brian's houseboat to let him know that Verone plans to kill both of them as soon as they the drop is over. It, and then right on cue, Verone's goons are just there at his houseboat. Did she swim there?
1: Her hair was wet. She's right?
3: soaking yeah. wet. I was like, I, well, well, Did she sprint there? Did she swim? What What happened? I don't know. But it's I didn't notice. Really that.
1: humid in Miami. Dan.
3: That's true. And I mean, she she's, she is smoking hot. But she's just really in.
2: She's just very into Paul Walker.
1: I guess, yeah,
2: Sure.
3: <laughs> she, she's soaking wet. She did like Zumba <laughs> there or something like that. I just got Roman goes my hot yoga.
2: <laughs> <laughs> roman goes outside to stall them while monica makes her escape but he can only hold them off for so long as the guys pull guns on them and start searching the boat looking for her specifically They get in a tussle as monica makes her escape until verone stops everyone fighting and tells them that his goons will be riding with both of them for the run then back at his place verone questions monica's whereabouts and meanwhile brian and roman meet with the cops to discuss what they've learned over the last day Wilkins wants to call the whole thing off, but James Remar says no and gives them GPS trackers so they know their whereabouts during the, the run. So after their meeting, Roman and Brian discuss how Verone doesn't need all that money he's about to put in their cars. So they call Tej to create a plan as Joe Budden's Pump It Up plays. And for a second, I thought I was playing Madden
3: 2004.
2: (laughs) (laughs) As the sun goes down, Brian and Roman have a heart to heart about childhood and Roman's arrest. And the next morning, as all the cops are in position, the guys meet with the Varone's goons, and they head to the trailer park.
3: There's a funny, there's a funny scene or a funny line in that scene when they're talking about their childhood. Remember when we used to do all those stupid things, like playing football and playing in the dirt? That's not stupid. That's childhood. That everybody did that, no?
1: And and also adds to the homoeroticism.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Playing in the dirt. Yeah, t- remember
1: that Turned time we uh... rolled in the dirt. <laughs>
2: Remember that time you like gave me a hand job? <laughs> right. and we told us not to
3: talk about it ever again. That was just stupid stuff. Right, Bringing it up right now—that's <laughs> just stupid stuff. That—that that would we have kissed. been a weird transition, <laughs> to say the least. It would have been more truthful, though, to be honest. Oh yeah, and and probably added a star <laughs> to the movie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the goons go into the uh, one of the trailers and they take a couple of sledgehammers and start busting down a wall with a ton of money behind it. I didn't load, know that.
3: They, I didn't know that this was Joel Austin's place. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so they, load, they load the cars up with, the, with cash
2: and go to head out, and the cops make a move on them. So Rowan rigs a car to drive right into the cops, giving them an opportunity to get away. Chase ensues as the guys have the cops on their tails. They hit the highway. The cops are about twelve cruisers deep and a helicopter, also. But Brian and Roman have family. <laughs> uh, that harpoon gun makes another appearance and catches brian's car but this time brian manages to grab it and pull it off the car and then tosses it into a police cruiser so the chase continues as the men start to move on an airfield they anticipate the drop taking place at and then brian and roman take the cops on a trip into some neighborhoods and then duck into a warehouse that Tej hooked them up with back in the planning montage and they close the doors behind them leaving the cops outside waiting for them to come out Then all the doors open, hundreds of cars start driving out of the warehouse with a bunch of pickups first, pushing the cop cruisers out of the way. Uh, All the doors open up and we get get wave after wave of ugly ass street racers. The cops try in vain to chase down all the cars, but it's absolute chaos. They still have the GPS on the original two cars, so the cops continue to follow them until they make it to the beach. uh, But it winds up being Tej and Suki behind the wheels of both cars. Brian and Roman are free of any police tail and the two cars they won in the street race. Meanwhile, Tej and Suki are being arrested. Belkins tells Remar they lost Brian and Roman, so he decides to take Verone at the airstrip. But Verone isn't there. Meanwhile, Roman presses a button, which shoots the goon in his car out of the passenger side. But when Brian's about to push his button, his goons tell him to change his destination. They are not going to the airstrip. Um, Brian shows up at a dock where Verone is waiting for Monica with a yacht and the goons start pushing Brian around. He tosses Verone the bag of money and Verone starts asking him about the airstrip. Brian says he doesn't know anything about the feds at the, at the, airstrip, which exposes Monica as a customs agent because she was the only one Verone told about the ship, the airstrip. So Brian just let threw her in the bus. Verone orders his men to take Monica on board the yacht and tells his man to take care of Brian. Verone gets on the yacht and the man gets ready to blow Brian's head off in the car. Then Roman comes in out of nowhere and crashes into them, and then he hops out and starts curb-stopping everyone with Brian's help. But the yacht gets away, so they hop back in the car and start chasing after the yacht. Luckily, for some reason, there's a ramp that leads them right into the into going airborne and landing on the top of the yacht, crashing it nearly right on top of Verone. After they land and the dust settles, Verone pops up with a shotgun, but Brian shoots him right in the arm, and then Monica manages to take the shotgun from Verone. They take the yacht back to shore and they debrief with James Remar, who asks them to confirm that there was only three bags of cash. And he says they held up their end of the bargain. So their records are now clean. So then Roman quote unquote finds three more bags in the Challenger. It's a whole unresolved moment where Verone may get out of jail and try and find and kill both Brian and Roman. But then we move on and they debrief with Bilkins and Monica who totally eye fucks Brian as she leaves. And as they leave, Brian and Roman talks about staying in Miami and opening up a garage with some of the money they walked off with after this entire ordeal. That's the end with Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, didn't love it, that's yeah. what I'll say.
3: Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> um, I agree.
2: And I no. feel like we've talked this movie to
3: death. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I have no desire to see any of the other ones. Yeah.
0: First of all, this gives me no hope for the rest of the series. And also, I found the movie boring as well on top of like everything else there's not one thing that I'm like oh, oh my god wow that was so crazy like I was bored watching it even though they tried to make it as like outlandish and crazy as possible yeah sure so
2: yeah uh I think that's that's all we're gonna say about this movie um uh, Tia why don't you you know plug your stuff one last time for us
0: yeah no no thank you absolutely um so again geek is where you can find all all of, um, you know, my articles, the articles of everyone on GVN, Geek5's podcast is our YouTube handle. Uh, we should be starting back up the Marvel Cinematic Review once Moon Knight comes. Uh, I actually got to get the screeners for the first four episodes. You won't be disappointed um, when it comes out on Disney+. Plus and if you want to follow me on my socials i am on twitter and instagram at tc underscore star um i'm more active on twitter than i am on instagram but if you feel like you're following me go right ahead okay
2: great and uh that's gonna wrap us up this week uh we still as we mentioned we have that poll that is currently going on if you're listening to this day one on our twitter about the next week's movie check that out go vote for us if you can um that's gonna wrap us up this week for uh they call this movie too fast too furious was the movie and the director was john singleton so for dan aquino mark myers and tia this is anthony Delvecchio telling john singleton well you certainly made a movie didn't you thanks for listening to they called us a movie subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to check us out on twitter and instagram at tiktampod that's t-c-t-a-m pod you can also check us out on tiktok at they called us a movie